Welcome to Stories Worth Sharing, brought to you by Ambisi.com, a podcast about sharing the stories of talented people, from business owners and entrepreneurs to people who are awesome at their craft that followed their passion in life and created a life they dreamed of. We explore how they discovered their passion, what their education life was like, and how they are making an impact within their space. We want to help and inspire the next generation and those studying to find their passion and learn how they can build a career from it. Now, on to your host, David Vistuka. Welcome everybody and today we have Philip Andrew, an Emmy-nominated TV producer and digital content creator. Phil Andrew has nine plus years experience taking projects from the beginning of the creative process through to structuring, script writing, and into the physical production with shooting and producing and then completion with story production and editing skills. With a vast history in this space, I'm sure he's got some amazing stories to share as well as what got him into this space to begin with. So without further ado, welcome Phil. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Can I just share my story and talk a little bit? Fantastic. Now, look, let, let's start right there, right? What got you into, into TV? Like, why, why that field? Oh, man, I just wanted girls to like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, it was, you know, I'm originally from Metro Detroit in Michigan, and, you know, for me, L.A., Hollywood, that whole thing, I grew up watching TV and watching movies, and it just seemed so cool and so glamorous. And it was everything that I kind of, you know, as a young kid, I just grew up seeing that. And I wanted to be a part of it. So when I was a young kid, I started to do, you know, I, I started to do a lot of those things in terms of like creating, you know, creating little videos on my own, working with friends, coming up with concepts, shooting them doing all those different types of stuff. And it was, it was really fun and I really enjoyed it. And, but I never really, you know, I didn't, I was kind of afraid to take the leap and put all my eggs in one basket, so to speak, because, you know, growing up in Detroit, I didn't know anyone that did those things. I didn't know anyone that was a TV producer. I didn't know anyone that had ever worked in entertainment, you know, short of the people that were on like local news, but I didn't know that that was even an option for a kid like me from Detroit. So I actually started on the business track. I went, I went to graduated high school, went to college. I went to Michigan State University. And you know, for me, it was just, I always had that little thing inside of me that said, Phil, you want to do entertainment, you know? <laughs> but, but I tried to silence it as much as I could because it just, it didn't seem realistic for a kid like me. And, and, and why, do you, why do you think that? Why did you have those thoughts in your head? I think there was a part of me that, you know, I, as I've gotten older, I understand the power of being able to have mentors and the power of being able to look up to people and see someone that's really doing it. And it's one thing to see someone from afar, like, sure, you can look at all these people that did it and obviously they're out in LA, but for me being in Detroit, I didn't see it firsthand. So there was a part of me that it just felt so far away. You know, it felt really, really far away. That's so one of the, yeah, so one of the things that I kind of did was just, you know, I, I was going to school, I got into business because business seemed safe, you know, it was not, not even safe, but it was just like, oh, no one's going to ridicule me for that. You know, no one, if, if you go, oh, Phil, what are you studying in college? And I go business, I go, oh, cool. End of conversation. 
Right. When I would say, you know, hey, Phil, what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I'm studying TV and film. Oh, well, how do you do that? Do you even know how to get into that? Like, don't you got to move to California for that? And it brought so many questions that I didn't have answers to. And it scared me. It made me feel dumb. It made me feel like, oh, man, here I am, just this pipe dream kid who doesn't really know, who doesn't really know the first thing about making that reality, you know? And so for me, it just, and I mean, luckily, <laughs> I'll make a short or a long story short. Luckily for me, I joined a fraternity. I partied a little too hard. I messed up my business school GPA <laughs> and it was going to take me a long time to get into the business school. So in the meantime, I started taking TV and film classes kind of on the low key, just, oh, we'll see what this is about. And I got so into it and I loved it so much and it was so much fun that it kind of just became this thing where I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go to California. Let's figure this whole thing out. And so I, I often wonder, like, had I done better in school, <laughs> had, I, had, I, had I done better in the business classes, what would have happened? But I think it's just because I, deep down, my passion wasn't there. Deep down, my passion was in creating content and entertaining people. Can you tell, okay, so let's talk about that day you realized that that's what you wanted to do. Um, can you remember what was going through your head and how you felt when you finally made the decision to ignore what other people will say and go off your heart with what you wanted to do? You know, man, I wish I could say that it was one magical moment. I really do. I wish I could have some one story and said this was the moment. The truth is, for me, it was a roller coaster. And I would have times where I was like, you know what? I don't even care what people think. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I'm going to make it happen. And then a week would go by. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be that idea of, man, are you sure, Phil? California is a long way away. Are you sure that? I don't know, man. That, you know, like I, and I would talk myself out of it. But the thing that I can say is I just kept doing the work. I kept taking those classes. I kept learning. Um, you know, for a while, yeah, I'll admit it. I was a little one foot in, one foot out. I was still taking business classes. I was still taking TV classes. And it was kind of that thing where I was back and forth a little bit. Uh, and I didn't know. And the one thing I'll say, you know, and especially for your listeners, if, they're, if you're a high school student or if you're a college student, and you don't 100% know yet, that's fine. It is okay if you do not. Now, if you have that burning desire and you know, if you're like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur no matter what, and I know it, great, go for it. If you know, I want to be a doctor, I've always wanted to be a doctor, that's what it is for me, then go for it, and that's fine. But for a lot of us, myself included, there's questions. It's not as obvious at times. So, Test it out. See different things while you're in school. You know, and then for me, I, you know, once I graduated, I was like, you know what? I got to be in California. I have to at least give it a shot. I have to try. And you know what? If, you know, there was that fear, right, of like, well, what if I go out there and it doesn't work out and then I have to go back to Detroit and people are going to make fun of me and blah, 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 blah. You know, and luckily I never had to do that. I've been out here for nine and a half years and I, and I made it work. But, you know, the thing I always tell kids when they're, you know, I, I try to mentor people from Michigan State University and other schools when I talk to high schools and college kids and give it a shot. That's it. I mean, I, I know it, it's oversimplifying it, but sometimes you just got to say, hey, I believe in this for right now. And I don't know what, I don't know what in a year looks like. I don't know what in two years looks like. I don't even know what it looks like in three years. 
Sometimes I don't know what it looks like next week. But right now, this is something I want to go after. It's something that I enjoy. So go for it. And that's really all you can do. You're, there's the biggest thing that I wish I would have got a lot younger. Stop being afraid to fail. Embrace failure. Failure means that you're pushing yourself. Failure means that you're getting closer and closer and closer to this thing called success, whatever you look at it. When we are so caught up in our head and we want to do things perfect and we don't want to make a mistake and, oh my God, what if somebody else sees me make a mistake? And blah, blah, That's not the attitude. You have to, I've made so many mistakes in my career, so many. And those mistakes are the things that, have, that I look back on and I, they were all learning experiences. They were all times to opportunities to grow as an individual and grow as a producer and grow as a man. And all of those failures have made me stronger. And as soon as I stopped trying to avoid failure at all costs, and I started to embrace failure, and I started to embrace hardship, and I started to embrace struggle, man, life really got easier. And I feel like my career really started to take off once I it, not even just my career, but just my, my mentality, you know? I, I feel like I became a much happier person, you know? Yeah. And look, you, you touched on something really important uh, early in that, in that chat there. So you, you mentioned that, look, it's okay not to know what you want to do. You know, for the lucky few that know from a young age that they want to get into X, Y, Z and they pursue it, that's fantastic. But if you don't know what you want to do and what your passion is yet, the best thing that you said there was to try. Try a bunch of things. Give them a month, give them a few months, get into the field, do some free work for other companies. Just try a range of things so you can so you can like find, you know, do I like this? Can I see myself doing this for the next X years? Yeah. You know, because if you don't try, you don't know, and you cause yourself that internal stress. So that, that it, was that was a really interesting point. But yeah, continue. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, and I think it's you know, the the problem with it is, right? Like we're all on our own timelines. You know, and it, it's, you have time to make mistakes. You have time to go down the wrong career path. And, and, and that's the other thing. Don't look at it as going down the wrong career path. At every stage of the game, you learn lessons. You know, at, you know, you are more than your job title. You know, you're the person on this journey of life. So a lot of times people get so caught up in, you know, like, like you said, needing to know. You know, my, my dad, my father was the type of man from, the, from five years old, he wanted to be a police officer. He knew. He became a police officer. He became a cop. He eventually became police chief. He always knew. And hey, cheers for him. That's not me. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I mean, like I had an inkling, but it was never so obvious. I had had a little, you know, little bit of entertainment. I'm interested in this. But it was never like an overwhelming feeling like this is what you need to do. And that's fine. I mean, a lot of times we get so caught up in feeling that Man, at 20, you know, we, we set these weird expectations. Oh man, by 25, I need to be making six figures. You know, I need to have, I need to be, you know, senior vice president by 30. I need to be, the, you know, we set these things and it's good to have goals, but it's also important to like understand why is that important? You know, are we just trying to compare ourselves, you know, and I think that that's something that's really, you know, can be very dangerous. You know, I, I think there's a lot of amazing things with social media. Uh, that's how we got connected was via social media. I think it's really cool what we have now with the internet and our ability to talk, you know, you're in the future, man. 
I love it that you're a few hours, that you're in the future. You're in, a, you're in a whole different day. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in a different day than I'm in right now. This is amazing and we're talking to each other, you know? But it, also social media brings up so much of comparison. And, you know, comparison is, comparison is a thief of your joy. You know, comparison will absolutely destroy the happiness and the, and the, the you know, anything you do, there's going to be always going, there's always going to be times in life in any situation where you will either be able to compare yourself into sadness or feel grateful for what you have. And that has nothing to do with the situation. It has nothing to do with the circumstances. It has everything to do with your choice as an individual on how you want to live this life. And so when we get, I see a lot of younger people getting caught up in this I need to have this many followers. I need to have this many likes. I need to have this job that pays this amount of money at this level, at this age. And we set these things instead of just saying, hey, man, I'm good where I'm at. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to chase progress. Chase progress. Don't chase perfection because perfection is almost, well, it is impossible to find. Just progress. Just want to learn a little bit more today. End the day having learned a little bit new, something new. You know, end the day a little bit better than you were yesterday. And just chase the progress and chase the journey rather than being so caught up in, you know, what the bullet point is going to be or what's the, you know, don't live life only searching for the moments that are social media, uh, you know, of quality for social media, you know? Yeah, 100%. And like what we said there was really resonating, like the why to your goals. You know, it's mm-hmm. great to have goals and, and we should all have them in, in some way, shape or form for your business, your life, your personal. But attaching the why to the goal is probably the critical factor in helping you achieve those goals. Because when it becomes tough, when it becomes you know, really challenging with that particular goal, the why can often help drive you to achieve that. And it can make you reflect and go, well, is this really important? You know, should I be, should this be a goal to begin with? If it's not, you know, with my purpose or with my core values, if the why is not strong enough. Um, so that was, that was really important. Look, Phil, look, you seem really confident uh, like you, and you got like, this great mindset, but obviously that's taken time uh, to get towards that and, and to build that and have that resiliency uh, that I can feel in your voice and in your tone. How... Look, you would have had struggles in your early years, especially in school. And you mentioned mentors as, as an important thing that people need to, you know, to have around them, to, to have to inspire them. How Can you remember the first mentor you got in your life and how that came about? Yeah, I, man, when I was about... So I've always, you know, I will say my, my dad has always been a hero of mine. He's a, he's a great man. But, you know, the first business person that I ever, you know, when I was 17 years old, I started DJing and, you know, I would DJ, you know, little neighborhood parties. And then I got into, you know, doing weddings that eventually led into nightclubs and things like that in Detroit. But there was a guy named TJ, his name was Tim, Tim Montemeyer. And, and, and Tim, you know, he was, you know, an older guy. I was 18 when I met Tim and he really took me under his wing. And I, you know, I remember going to meet him and I remember I showed up for, to come and just check out a gig. And he was like, wait, where's all your gear? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, go get your gear, man. You you go on in an hour. 
And I was like, wait, wait, what, what, what? And he just threw me in there. And I remember going and DJing and I'm in the middle of it. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, man, I've never, I don't even know what, what do they want me to play? I don't know how to do it. But in, and you figure it out, you know, and, and he threw me in, in hindsight, I look back and it's like, had I failed that gig, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Right. Like it was like, you know, a bar gig on a, you know, on a Friday night and in, in, you know, Southeast Michigan, it wasn't that big of a deal, but he always helped, he helped push me in a way that, you know, he taught me a little bit about the business side of things. Um, I think it was also just, it, it had kind of been the first time I really hung out with someone that was, you know, 15, you know, 12, 15 years older than I was, you know, so often I'm in high school and I'm hanging out with guys in my own age and, and sure you've got coaches and you've got parents of other kids that you interact with, but I wasn't hanging out with them. You know, I wasn't kicking it with my football coach after, you know, practice was over. So he was really, you know, TJ was really the first guy I spent time with in a hangout friend talk about life type deal with someone that was older than me. And you know, it's, I love that you asked that question because I don't think I've even thought about this in a while, just about that relationship and how powerful that relate, man, I, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm going to have to hit Tim up after I, uh, after we get off this call and thank him. Cause I, I guess I never really realized that he really was my first friend that was, you know, 10 to 15 years older than me. And he really poured into me and just kind of, you know, sometimes it's just about being around someone that ha is doing things and you're just, you're seeing the way that they interact as an adult, you know, in, in their, in their thirties and their forties, you're seeing how they interact with other people. You're picking up things from them. You know, I don't think there was ever a moment where Tim sat me down and said, all right, Phil, this is how you talk to a client. You know, <laughs> like there was never that moment of official, like, Hey, I'm going to teach you this. And I think that's the problem is sometimes you know, before you've ever had a mentor, you know, we think of it like, oh, this is my teacher. You know, we think of it like, oh, Mr. Miyagi, you know, like, oh, this is someone that's, it's so obvious that he's going to be teaching me things. But I, a lot of times a mentor isn't that. It's somebody that you're just, you're kind of doing life with and they're senior to you and, and you learn things just by seeing them do them. Um, and so Tim, yeah, Tim was definitely the first mentor and, you know, he helped me a lot, you know, just feel there was also that that acceptance you know of, of feeling accepted with older people um and and then that you know i had other groups later on in life where i was able to connect with other people that were you know older and and that's one thing i'll say to anyone that's if you're younger like trust me i was where you were too man i was in that spot where like you know i was raised to respect my elders but i you know i respected you enough to where i wouldn't push you down the stairs you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> You know, I, I didn't think that you had anything for me. Like you're, you're old, old man. Like your time has passed. Go to the nursing home. And it's kind of a way, definitely in the States that we treat, we treat our, you know, our seniors. But when I actually started to find value and listen, like shut up my little, you know, immature, so, you know, smart aleck mouth and just listen. And I would listen to people and I would listen to a 60 year old guy describe life in a manner that like, whoa, I feel that way. Wait a minute. You know, I talked to a 75 year old guy and he's talking about insecurities and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I got that. And he's talking about being unsure of himself at times. And, and he's talking about real stuff. And it made me realize like, whoa, we're all in this thing together. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's, there's things to learn from everyone. 
And I think when you start to understand that, when you have, not only do you have something to be able to learn from everyone, you have something to give everyone too. And I think a lot of times, especially, you know, if you've got listeners that are high school, guys that are in college, sometimes it can feel like, oh man, you know, as, as students, you almost get treated as second class citizens, right? You hear this like, well, yeah. once you get into the real world, you'll figure it all out. You know, it's like, it's all going to change. And it's like, no, where you're at right now, listening to this podcast, whatever you want to do, you're of value. You have value that you can give to people that are older than you, younger than you, your peers, your teachers, your products, your, your ambitions. You're in a spot now, you're exactly where you need to be, and you have the ability to make a great impact. It doesn't need to wait. You know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you get older, till you graduate. Like you're in a prime spot now to, to start making positive impact on other people and on the lives of those around you. Yeah, could not agree more. Thank you, Phil, for that. That was amazing. Um, so now we're going to go into a quick fire round of things that inspire and motivate you. Are you ready? Let's do it, man. I, I, I'm, you know, as you can tell, I'm not the best with quick answers, so I will do my best. <laughs> I'm going to keep it <laughs> short. All right. Uh, number one, short. what is the best book that you've read? I love the, the Motivation Manifesto by Brennan Bouchard. It's always one that I recommend first. Cool. The second one, uh, what is the best piece of advice that you've received or give, or, so I'll do that again. What is the best piece of advice you've received or given? Don't, I had a boss that I asked him this, I go, what's one great piece? And he said, don't bring, never bring, he said, never bring problems, always bring me solutions. And he said, if, if the car breaks down, don't come to me and tell me the car broke down. Come to me and say the car broke down and it's going to cost us $500 to get it fixed or we can get a new car in here. It's going to cost us $1,000 or we can drop this thing in the river and we can act as if we never knew that it existed. Whatever you do, never bring me a problem unless you're going to bring me solutions. And, I, and he told me that I was 22 years old. And man, I'm still telling that story because it was fire. And like now, I always look to that. Like, don't bring people problems. Don't bring yourself problems. Find the solution. Number three, what is the best method of focusing or getting into flow for you? Man, uh, I think... I just need to, some, it's not as easy as saying just get into it, but you know, sometimes I will, I will definitely put on some music that doesn't have any lyrics, just like background stuff. And I'll just try to like really get in the zone. I think a lot of it is just starting to work. Like, you know, I don't get in the zone when I'm walking into the gym. I'm in the zone when I'm in the gym. When I'm in the middle of the lift, when I'm in the middle of it, when I'm writing, when I'm writing, you know, I wrote my book, when I was writing my book, the first five minutes, I was not in the zone. I was not flowing. But then all of a sudden something hits and boom, you're in it and you don't even know it. And so sometimes the best thing you can do, just start doing it. Don't wait for the motivation. Don't wait to find the motivation. Just start doing it and the motivation will come. And lastly, what is the nicest thing that anyone has ever said or done for you? 
oh man, I have such a blessed life. I've had so many people go above and beyond to help me. It's been an absolute blessing. Um, man, to pick one, that's tough. Let's see. I'm just going to have to go with one that like really the nicest thing. You know what? I had some at an event the other day. I had, this isn't the nicest, but I appreciated it. You know, someone walked up to me and they say, Hey man, you know what? You just, I can tell you care. And, and I know that's such a simple thing, but that meant a lot because I do care. And I am, I care about how I show up. You know, I care about the job that I do. I care about doing a good job. I want to give my best. And to hear someone just say it's something as simple as like, man, I can just tell you really care. That means a lot because I do. And I'm glad that that comes through, you know. I don't want to be no, I don't care if I did a perfect job or if I did it. Like I'm not, I make a lot of mistakes. I make a ton of mistakes, but I do them with the best of intentions and I do them going a hundred percent and I do them because I care about doing a good job. And the fact that somebody recognized that, I really appreciated it. That's such a, that's such a lame answer, man. But <laughs> no, that was great. You know, it's it's sometimes it's the simple things, just that kind, you know, phrase or that just nice gesture that someone says to you or does for you that can make a big impact, right? So yeah, not I will I all. will say this. I, I will say I do. I'm one of those guys on my phone, on my iPhone, in the notes. I have a I have a note that says who is Philip Andrew, and it is a list of all of the nice things that people have said to me, whether via text, on a Facebook post, on a blog post, uh, in a conversation. If I, you know, if I help someone and they give me a compliment, I have a list of all of the compliments that people give me with the name of who said it and the date. And any time that I get in my head, and it happens. You know, I'm a really positive guy. I try to be upbeat. It happens when you hit those moments, those low moments, and I know where to go. I go to that list, and I don't do it in a codependent way. It's not about I need everybody's approval, but in those moments when I know I'm beating myself up because I have a tendency to be hard on myself, as many of us do, especially when we care, we want to give, give our best, and when we fall short of that, we can be a little bit brutal with ourselves, but when I, I identify, hey, I'm being this way, and I go to my list. And I go, these lies that you're telling yourself right now, Phil, that you're not, you're not funny, you're not smart, you're not caring, you don't care, you're never going to be successful. Those lies, those limiting thoughts that do come in, I go, I know those are wrong because you know what? I'm going to go and look at what has already been proven. How do people see me? And I read that list. And man, if it doesn't yank me out of that mindset in a, in a heartbeat, seeing that stuff. So if you're someone that has a tendency to be a little hard on yourself or, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, sometimes you forget, it's easy for you to get about your, or forget about your successes or forget about the, the good things that you do. Start running, have a tally, have a list, have a journal, have it on your phone uh, and keep track when people say nice things to you. There's no harm in that. There's no shame in that game. You know? That is such a cool thing <laughs> to have. Um, 
Look, that is a great takeaway for, for this show. So look, Philip, thank you for sharing your story. Can you please tell our listeners how they can keep in touch with you and all the amazing things that you're working on? Definitely, man. And thank you so much for for having me and just talking to you is so cool. Like I said, man, you're in the future right now. You're in a whole different day. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing that we get to do stuff like this, it you is. know, over the internet. It's so, so, so cool. So thank you for having me on. Uh, it truly is an honor for me. And so, yeah, you guys, my name is Philip Andrew. You can find me on, you know, Instagram, on Twitter. It's Philip Andrew LA. I'm sure that there will be a link to it. Um, normal spellings, nothing crazy. Uh, you can go to my, my website. I have a blog. I also do an audio version of that blog as a podcast if it's easier for you to listen. And it's quick. I have, uh, I do, I call it the four minute advantage with Philip Andrew. And it's just, you know, these quick little blog posts, kind of three minute, four minute hitters that you can get in. So you can get that at, you know, philipandrew.co. It's .co, not .com. I couldn't afford the M. <laughs> and um, it was, uh, yeah, so that's how you guys can find me. And I'd love, if you, if you guys are still listening to this, I hope that means that something resonated with you and you, or you, you know, hopefully you haven't fallen asleep while driving. And, uh, you know, give me, give, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. It's philipandrewla at gmail.com. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me. Stories Worth Sharing was brought to you by NBC.com, connecting talented people with local students to share their story, to inspire and educate them to follow their passion. Give one hour, share your story. To find out more, visit ambici.com.